Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Welcome to Built On Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. Today, we speak with Edmund Demoye, the host of low-code-centric podcast, Codeless. Codeless explores how people use no-code and low-code solutions in their businesses and everyday lives in the form of excellent interviews conducted by Edmund himself. We explore how he became a figure in the no-code space, as well as discuss the meetup he started called I Want This to Exist, where members share products and solutions they would find invaluable, but, as the title suggests, do not yet seem to exist. For today's demo, Edmund shares a base he made to manage discussion topics for weekly meetups. With the aid of Airtable's simple forms capabilities, Edmund put together a base to collect routine entry from multiple members that makes every meeting just that much more streamlined. Hello. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Camille. It's uh, great to be here. So much like some of our other guests this season, we first met at the Chris Dancy hosted Airtable user conference. And you were one of the first people to speak in that conference. And so you were talking kind of how you got your feet wet into Airtable and how you've been able to use it in your everyday life. What was that like for you kind of coming in and explaining how you use it to this group of not quite experts yet is the best way I can put it for the conference. You know, first, the first feeling actually was just surprise and a mix of surprise and pride. I was surprised because, you know, Chris asked me to come and present, you know, my experience and I didn't really think I had anything to say, but he thought I did. So there was the surprise. And then, you know, just, you know, proud to be able to do that in front of what I think to me, whether or not we use the term experts, I just think that these are very like profoundly talented people. And for me to present, you know, my thoughts and point of view to them, I was really, really proud to do that. You're no stranger to presenting. You, in fact, have your own podcast called Codeless. Let's talk a little bit about your podcast and what it's about and how you reach out to people in order to kind of get out this this overall feeling of everyone should be able to build their own tool? Yeah, that's, thank you for that question. That's a really good question. Um, So Codeless started partly because I guess I was selfish and given at the same time. So I was in this transition to move from what I used to do, which was work primarily in luxury goods. And I just wanted to do something else. And I found the visual development no-code scene uh, very intriguing because it really reflected where I was in my journey, being non-technical, but wanting to build, create things, companies, products, whatever that might mean. But I didn't know how. And so for me, I had to go through this process I always do during my my breaks uh, from work, which was what I call intellectual breathing. I had to find a way to absorb new information as well as push it out. And a podcast seemed like the most sensible way to do that and do that at scale. So Codeless was created particularly just selfishly for me. Um, Luckily, one more person or a couple more people like it. But it's it's really designed to help unlock creativity because... Essentially, new technology like visual development is, is it's almost like democratizing transformation and it's redefining productivity for a lot of people. And so the podcast is really about presenting visual development and no code 
as not just a set of tools or a trend, but almost like a mental model or a bridge for people to get from here to there, whatever here and there means to them in terms of uh, achieving their dreams. So here at Built on Air, we are obviously, you know, Airtable groupies. We talk about Airtable all the time, but Codeless is not platform specific. So obviously Airtable is a good example of a a low code, no code platform, but there are so many other tools that fall into that category. What are some of the other tools that you kind of talk about and um, implement in your, your quest to make a, to democratize the creation of tools? So you are correct. It is, uh, the podcast is platform agnostic. However, there are too many tools <laughs> in the whole trend to mention. Like, like, I'll be very frank with you. Like, some people call me an expert or an evangelist, and, and that's a really, really great compliment. But there are too many tools. Like, every day there, there are new tools coming out. It's almost, like, it's almost like the beer industry. Like, every week there's a new, be- there's a new beer being created, and it's just, just so much to catch up on. But what I like to say is um, I have what's called my FUT, my frequently used tools. And Airtable is definitely one of them. Like Airtable is kind of like where I start with a lot of ideas in terms of what a database for an idea looks like. I also love using Card, which is for building, you know, one page, very, very fluid uh, websites. Let's see. Airtable, Card. Oh, I love Zapier. Um, so there are a lot of you know automation tools out there. You've got Parabola, Integrum at Zapier. Um, I just really love using Zapier right now. I've tried a couple others, but Zapier is kind of it's 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 in my FUT, my foot. Let's see what other no code tool. Okay, this other no code tool I'll mention would not like at a first glance maybe look like that because it's not about, you know, making something to necessarily sell, but it does help you produce something. And it's what I used to produce the podcast, which is an, uh, a product called Descript. And it's literally like, it's literally Microsoft Word for audio and visual production, uh, audio and video production. And it's just like insanely easy to use, but profoundly rich in terms of what it can do for producing a podcast. That sounds great. And I feel like I'm going to check that out afterward. Um, Are you a one person show when it comes to Codeless? Yes. Yes. There is one narrator, one producer, but it's actually a, it's actually a collective production in the sense that the podcast is not just created by me, but it's also created by the participants in the podcast, which can be the listeners themselves. Cause not only do guests come as recommendations from the listeners, but a lot of times I'm literally approaching topics for the benefit of the listeners. And I feel like when I'm asking a question of a guest, it's actually not me that's asking that question. It's the community uh, with me that really, really wants to get into it. So you will notice me using we a lot because I like to talk about the podcast like it's a collective. But yes, for you know, for purposes of production, narration and interviewing, it's, it's me. Wow. Okay. I can only hope I'm asking the questions that our community wants to know. So when it turn and when it comes to keeping all of your work together and planning out how you're going to tackle your next episode or um, any potential growth of your podcast, how do you go about getting yourself in the right headspace for what you're going to do next? Oh, that's a good question. So in order for me to get in that like headspace, I, I really think about 
the podcast and and I got to preface you I think in analogies and metaphors like it's just my forte they're not the sum like they're not the epitome of knowledge but they're just a good shortcut for me so the way I look at codeless is I look at it like a stage um and the idea is that when you go to a theater and you watch a production you see a stage and you see the actors upon it upon the stage playing out a scene if the production is really good you get immersed in that production but you never like pay attention to the stage and the props and all the other like accoutrements that go with the 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 production itself and the way i look at codeless when i'm when i'm producing an episode or interviewing a guest is I want Codeless to be a stage for the members whether they're listeners or the guests themselves to literally play out their best scenes that's how I think of Codeless because the goal of the podcast is is to use immersive inspiration for someone to literally like hear themselves in an episode and see themselves in a guest or in a or in an interviewer or in you know some story and leave with the thought of Wow, I can actually do exactly that and then they go do it. So the the idea for the podcast what really gets me in the headspace is number 1 thinking about the podcast as a stage for members to play out their best scenes, but number 2 when you are on the stage of Codeless, the idea is for you to go do something with it. So, you know, having to inspire someone to go take an action is really important. So, oftentimes when we have a podcast that showcases work that people, you know, have done in a particular space and in our kind of realm it's like no code low code applications for us it's always airtable we try to explain things in a way that are inspirational as you say um and also encouraging so that people do come away with the feeling that they are able to go and create something very similar themselves have you have you ever gotten a time where you were like Wow, maybe this this is too much uh too much information or maybe you have a really great project that you're trying to explain and there's just no way you could fit it in the length of a singular podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that issue is actually like what well, it's almost like the bane of my existence because I tend to edit a lot. Um one of the goals for every episode i release is for it to number one present a good view of the guest like a good comprehensive view for you to understand that person's point of view but i also have to make sure that it gets to the point right cuz you know you know people don't know but like you know interviews are all great but sometimes you know people tend to like go off the beaten path you know so editing is a really really important um thing the other angle i guess in, in dealing with this problem of having so much is i really come back to this you know metaphor of the stage and i really focus on asking questions or leading the narrative in a way that someone can use that narrative to go do something else so when i'm editing i i use that um filter to decide on whether something really kind of should stay in the final production or should be cut out because if it really doesn't matter to getting someone to inspiring someone to an action especially in no code and visual development then it it's just not necessary in a sense 
That makes perfect sense. In like movies and um, stage productions, there's always like the director's cut where, you know, what you see is the trimmed down version, but the original vision or the original recording included so much more that just didn't quite fit or was extraneous. And sometimes that happens. Yes. Um, But for the most part, you're able to come away with, or you're able to release a version where people come away with just the right amount of information for them to go, that's cool. Wait a minute. Okay. I could do that. And because your podcast has the benefit of discussing way more platforms um, than we do, we, we talk about Zapier all the time, but we don't necessarily always get deep into the other side of Zapier. Um, What is Zapier connecting to? Has there been a case where you've had a guest come on and they're explaining something, they're using a tool that you haven't quite heard of and you're like, you yourself are like, huh, one more time, what was the address? Let me, let me try that myself. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's also one of the reasons I invite guests onto the podcast because I really don't know. Like, it's so interesting that like, I I need to know, but in doing this process of intellectual breathing, I need to let the participants in my journey with Codeless, you know, take a part in that. Um, A good example is this company called Zamo, Zamo Zamo.ai. And um, it's, it's in the voice space. It's no code for voice. And basically the way to understand it, and anyone can do this in like five minutes, imagine, you know, you have a storefront, right? Like a physical storefront. Well, Today, that physical storefront is kind of necessary, but not if you have a website, right? So the website has more scale, more people can see it. Well, imagine if people have so many questions about your business and you put that in what's called like an FAQ document on your website, right? Well, what XAML does is particularly like to an FAQ document, can it can take that FAQ document and create a conversational voice product that users can interact with, not in a physical storefront, not on a website, but with voice-enabled devices like Alexa, Samsung Bixby, as well as well as um, Google. Uh, what's the Google product? I forget it now. Home, um, I think. I think it's Google Home. I forget. Yeah, no, I don't. Nest. Not, I can't remember the name of it. It's like Nest. No, Nest is a temperature thing. Don't worry. But anyways, um, it it connects to um, it connects to voice enabled devices. So the idea now is you could create an Alexa skill where, you know, Camille, you make um, you create beautiful automations using Airtable. Right. But you have lots of potential customers that come to your website um, and you answer their questions there as best as you can. But what if one of your customers like wants to access your business through voice. And, and they ask something like, how do I create an Airtable using scripting to do something with calendars? And let's say you've created a skill with XAMO that has that answer already um, in your product. Literally, the customer will get an answer with voice. So I just thought that that was cool, especially in, with the fact that it's a no-code product that can enable businesses to connect with customers on voice and it will devices. I love that. But for, for like a different perspective, I'm thinking of like people who are visually impaired or who don't like using the internet for one reason or the other, or maybe have difficulty typing. 
just being able to ask a question like you, you know, feels natural to you. And then being able to hear the answer back is like, that sounds like a brilliant idea and props to whoever made it. Um, but before we get too far down the rabbit hole of super cool tools that aren't Airtable, let's talk a little bit more about Airtable. You have a base that you would like to share with us. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? And then we'll you know, take a look at your screen and you can walk us through it. Okay. So I got to preface this by saying I only work on things <laughs> that like I really like that I want to use. So in, in a way, like what I'm advising here for people to understand is that um, you should be selfish when you're building things. Like you should really try to build things for yourself. Um, this product, uh, this tool um, using Airtable, it's actually uh, a form, a, a database that um, helps a mastermind group that I'm a part of. It's called Zero to One Makers. And essentially, you know, what we are is a very like tight, community of builders who meet every week at a prescribed time. And we kind of have something similar to our standup, but it's also like a very conversational event to where we answer like four key questions. Like, what did you do last week? What are you working on this week? What's your priority? You know, what, what are you stuck on? And like, please recommend a product, you know, for everyone. Um, and so I created a, an Airtable base that literally not only stores the information from our meetup, but also also automates the process in a way to where members can contribute um, their updates uh, every every week. So, great. Let's take a look. All right. Let me share my screen. So yeah, this is so this is the base, um, and you know what you can see in here is you know just a base with a bunch of fields and you know inputs already, you know, in, in, in the base, but let me, let me start by explaining the base this way. So this is a form that, um, our group uses and it's for, like I said, it's for our weekly check-ins and essentially, you, you know, members come in, their names are already stored in the base. They put in their, you know, they choose their name, the date, and then it just asks you a couple questions. You know, what did you accomplish this week? What are your priorities for next week? What are you stuck on that, you know, other people can help with? And then please recommend a product or a tool that you think is interesting. Give us the URL, describe it, and then tell us like what category it fits in, right? Um, and so when we come back to the base now, having that context, it, it's probably a lot more easier to understand. So essentially, essentially this base is just a bunch of entries from different members of the mastermind. And every week when you come in and you put in your entry, other members can come and review, you know, your entries, especially, you know, the sections you're stuck on. So during the actual conversational session of the meetup, we're able to really like hone in and dive into the things that matter to each of our members. So um, let me see if I can show you a gallery of all the inputs here. Actually, no, I wanted to show you something else. So I wanted to show you the um, tools that we've all recommended and you can see them right here at the end. Um, so you see this column product to recommendation URL. So I think, gosh, we've lost count, but let me go all the way to the bottom. Gosh, there's probably, yeah, there's about 300 products and tools that over time we've all recommended to each other. And the reason why this is important to us is the recommendation is is a very strong indicator because it's qualified from other members of the group, but 
it also is a very um, good thing to have because all of us are building different things. And a lot of times someone else is working on something maybe a little similar to what you are or recommends a tool that you, you actually need. So it's really helped all of us as a group, different makers move at fascinating speed, but in the different directions in which we all want to go. Um, so that's really cool for us. And I, I'm imagining after you or your members go in and you look at people who are saying, oh, I'm stuck on X, Y, Z, you have this other column that has all of these tools and you might be able to just kind of scroll through and go, oh, this sounds like it might help with whatever that thing that person was stuck with. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, a good example of this is during one of the meetings, when I had first indicated that I wanted to start a podcast, I had no experience making a podcast, but I knew I had to do this because I have to go through this process of intellectual breathing, learning something new as well as sharing it. So I just, I had to do a podcast. I knew that, but it wasn't until one of the other members, uh, KP actually mentioned the script and I don't, I don't even know how he came across it, but he mentioned it as, oh, this is a cool product. You all should check it out. And it was just perfect because once I found it, I literally abandoned my my MVP that I was working on, on building a podcast. And I just started using the script exclusively. So that's a really, really good example of how two recommendations can really help you move at you know super speed in the direction you want to go in. Great. I mean, it's it's always... <sighs> I, I don't know. I've got not necessarily with tools quite yet, but I've gotten this with listening to podcasts and just finding a podcast somewhere in like episode 200 or something. And you almost feel a little bit let down because you're like, they've been going for 200 episodes and I'm just now learning about it. And I imagine it's a similar kind of like, how come no one told me about this excellent tool? Um, you know, once you're halfway through designing something. Yep. 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 Hopefully it's shortened our, our journeys a little along the way, but I mean, the, the improvements we've made as a group have just been amazing. Well, I mean, that's the goal. So after users kind of submit and take a look at what other people have submitted during the meeting itself, do you guys have this up? Are you looking at it? Yeah, um, so everyone has access to it. The the form itself and the entries are also linked to our Slack group. So every every week, our meetup is on Friday. So early in the morning on Friday, every member gets a notification in Slack, like, hey, you know, go in and put in your update. And then, hey, once you know, if you've put in your update, here are all the like updates for the week. So every member has like the wherewithal to go in, open it, look through kind of like what people are, you know, going to be talking about and where they need help. And yeah, some people have it up during the meeting because, you know, you it's actually, it's actually a way for you to really compress what you want to say in a, in a, in a, in a few key bullet points and really allows you to express also, you know, what, what you need, um, to other members during the meetup. Yeah. And does this work as kind of like an agenda as well? Yes. Yes. So one of, one of the cool ways we use it as an agenda is, um, 
specifically once someone has filled it out, like we kind of use it as a, as a way to like pass the pencil, like whoever, you know, this idea of whoever's holding the pencil gets to speak. So we use it as a way to actually like go through the meetup and make sure like everyone gets a chance, but it almost sometimes determines the turn in which people go. So a lot of times you have people trying to fill the form as early as possible. So they get to go as early as possible. So yeah, we do that. Um, But also as an agenda, the, the big takeaway here is the section on what you're stuck on, like what you need help with, that really is a, a light, like it's, it's like a bat signal to other members of the group in, with specific instructions on how they can help you. And what that encourages is not only a, a deep dive during the meetup, but it also follows up with other members reading out, reaching out to members like privately and selectively to have their own conversations about these like issues that that people have. So it, it not only helps us go through our meeting with a nice set agenda, but it encourages people to like go into like separate, like one of conversations to really dig deeper. That sounds awesome. Just the the more specific you can get in terms of the help that you're asking for and the help you're able to provide, the quicker you can arrive at a solution oftentimes. And so it sounds like you found a way to get people, I don't know how many on average are in a meeting, but you know, to kind of expedite bringing all these people together from different, you know, areas and different areas of expertise to help each other in ways that are both efficient and, you know, actually beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, so our group right now in this, so I, I run two, two masterminds. I'm part of this mastermind zero to one, but then I run another mastermind called, I want this to exist. And on average, we'll probably have in the zero to one, uh, makers meetup, we probably have about maybe 30 members, could be a little more or less, but on average for each meeting, it's probably like maybe 10 or 12 people. Um, and so this this form kind of agenda setup, it helps us go through our meetings a little more, more efficiently, but then kind of saves the rich stuff for the one-off conversations. So how long have you been using this space or an iteration of this space? That's a really good question. So um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to scroll to the earliest entry when I actually started using it because the base came to be, I think we started using it around, we, we built it this year, but I think the earliest like update I can see here is about um, November of 2019. That's what I can see here. But the base has, you know, the zero to one makers has been in existence since um, I think the middle of 2018. I only joined towards the end of 2019. And then I decided after being in the group for a while to build this um, probably was like maybe March. Actually, it was before March, probably, probably January. By January, we had built we had built this. So it's it's been in existence for a while. And um, yeah, we just we, we use it to document a lot of the things that we're going through. So if you kind of made this after people were already used to whatever the process was before, obviously we see now that it works and it works well, but was there anyone who was kind of like, "Mm, I don't know if this is exactly what I want to do, or I don't want to fill out a form each time. Were you, was this kind of like a smooth transition um, or bumpier than you might've hoped? 
Um, I wouldn't say smooth or bumpy. You know, the thing to realize, as you know, and this comes to when you're creating a product, period, like, you know, users pre your, you know, prior to your product, users are operating in one way. Um, and prior to this, you know, we just had a meeting with uh, a few people who were part of the meetup and we went through the same, we still went through the same questions. What happened when this was created um, of course, it does create this feeling in some of the users uh, as in how am I going to use this and will this like help or actually like hurt the serendipitous conversations that we have during the meetup. And it's it's actually not it's it's not done that. So it's not been a smooth versus like rocky transition. The main benefit of it um, for for the people that use it has really been not the accountability of you documenting your progress, but then secondly, like this huge database of tools. One of the reasons this um, base was created was essentially because we had so many tools, but we didn't know how to share it. So the first iteration was the founder of the meetup, KP, literally created a base just with tools and shared a link. And then Ash, another member, and I had this other idea of, well, why don't we like expand it and like create, like put in more stuff that can be useful for the group. And that's where the idea of this um, weekly, you know, check-in uh, form came in. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's neither been smooth or rough. It's just been helpful in documenting and encouraging, you know, deeper relationships between the members. Well, that's good to hear. Not every time, you know, someone comes up with like a new system, is it kind of adopted and, you know, kept up? One of the, I think, bigger issues when you build something like this, which is something that works and is really cool and, you know, easy to use. But um, if you're working with other people, a lot of times half the battle is like reminding people, oh yeah, you know, fill out the form and, you know, keeping up the habit of using the system that you've put in place but, you know, you said around January, we are now, you know, in fall. So seems like everything is going well. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Um, it's, 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 going, it's, it's going well, yeah. Well, great. Is this one of, I think, your more used bases in Airtable? Definitely. I use it at least once a week, of course, because we have mm -hmm. um, the meetup. Actually, my most used base in Airtable is a, it's probably either my social media scheduler or the grocery uh, shopping base that I created for my, for my family. Um, <laughs> mine should be my meal planner and it isn't. Um, it just kind of sits there and looks pretty. But um, <laughs> am I mistaken in thinking this is on the Airtable universe? No, you're not. It, it is. Um, okay. I think I last published an iteration of it. I actually did it right after the Airtable conference that um, Chris Dancy hosted uh, because a couple people had asked and I just posted it. And um, the other reason, too, is that um, I feel like there are lots of people looking for communities that they can belong to. And this is just a really great way of documenting what's happening in your community, but more importantly, um, encouraging those deeper connections between the members of the community. So anytime someone tells me, you know, they're trying to do like some weekly type thing, uh, especially a meetup, 
I always offer this as a way for them to, um, you know, copy what we're doing and, you know, hopefully it helps them. So I posting it on the Airtable universe just felt like a sensible thing to do. Great. Well, we will be sure to put the link to it in the description so everyone can make a copy of it and use it for themselves in their own kind of meetings and, you know, stand-ups so that, you know, they themselves can stay on track. Do you have any kind of tips for the first few sessions using something like this? I mean, it sounds like it makes sense and is pretty simple to kind of wrap your head around, but in terms of leading a meeting or participating in a meeting that uses a structure like this, do you have any tips for kind of sticking to um, this process? Yeah. So the first tip I would give is almost like let, okay, let, let, let me phrase it this way. So don't try to build the roads where people are going to walk, like watch where people walk and then build the roads in those, in those paths. And the point there is that let the structure that already exists in your meeting be enhanced with this. Like don't try to change it, you know, with this. So an example of that is that the, the structure of the meeting in terms of the questions that are asked are always the same. Like if you wake any one of our members up at four in the morning and you say, hey, zero to one makers, like what's the structure of the meeting? Those four questions, we always ask those questions, right? So this was created to follow in with that structure, not necessarily change it. Um, so that's that's number one is don't don't try to like change the structure, like really take whatever structure you have and augment it with with something like this. The second is you can't again in, in talking about a transition, you can't really try to force people to use it. The best you can do is integrate it into their regular workflows in a way that it's 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 like boiling water. It would be it would be so it would be so hard to mess it up. So an example here is the the Airtable base is integrated with our Slack form, with our Slack um, with our Slack workspace. So everyone gets a reminder every so often. Um, the next thing I'd love to do is probably um, integrated with probably like Twilio, uh, where members can get text messages and probably even answer back into the base with a text message. So I'm really thinking, I would really encourage thinking more about rather than trying to force people to take on a new habit, integrating this space into the habits people already have and meeting them where they are. Wise words. As I was you know, saying earlier, half the battle is adoption. And then if you make it so it's as close as possible to your established um, routine, the more people are going to want to adopt it. And, you know, there's going to be less confusion overall and whatnot. I am curious to see if you're able to get, you know, your text messages via um, Twillow figured out. Let me know if you do. I think I might have an idea, but I don't know how to execute it, which is a shame. That happens to me all the time. I have like a billion ideas and I'll be like, no idea if that's possible. Um, Okay. I'll, I'll tell you something right there. If you have an idea and you don't know like what to do with it, whether to execute it or set it free or, you know, give it away, you should definitely come to I Want This To Exist. That's I was about to bring that up because it sounds like something that 
you would talk about there. So let's let's quickly talk a little bit about that, and then we'll post um, a little bit about it in the description below. Tell me a little bit about I Want This to Exist. So I Want This to Exist, it's simply an exclusive meetup to share, validate, or set ideas free. So I particularly, from a very selfish point of view, started the meetup just because I needed to set some ideas free. It was just it, it was just becoming such a problem to be working on something and then have another great idea. Um, and I call those the old squirrel moments, like when you see a squirrel running in your yard and you say, oh, squirrel, then there's another squirrel. There. And that's what the ideas were like for me. So uh, we started this meetup essentially just to be able to share ideas amongst each other. Maybe, you know, they get some validation. Someone else thinks it's a great idea and, you know, tells you how you can extend it further. Or, you know, you just like literally set the idea free, just let it go so that you can go work on something else. And we do it every, um, we do it every Monday, just so that, especially for me, what I figured out was that it really sets me up for the week. Um, and, and that's, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Super cool. Um, I, myself, like I said, sometimes I have a billion ideas and I have no idea how to do them. And, um, the one thing that I hate the most is remembering that I had an idea, but not what that idea was. So if there were a place where people can just go like, Hey, yeah, someone should make this. And then in their free time, if they have the time to make it, they might, you know, start noodling on the idea and might actually be able to produce it. Sounds like another great venture of yours. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for being here. We will have all the necessary links in the description below. We've talked about a couple different things of yours, Coatless and your your stand-ups. Is there anything else that you want to kind of plug or get out there um, that we can mention? At this point, probably nothing else. If, if there's something I want people listening to take away from this, um, it's just the fact that like that I'm dedicated to helping other people acquire leverage. And for me, what that means, you know, right now, this moment is building stages or what you could say are ecosystems for the entrepreneurs of this decade to play their best scenes, you know, build businesses, start ventures. And so for me to explore this, this strategy using Codeless, or I want this to exist and, and the other projects I'm working on, it's actually a way for me to work on something that's personal, but hopefully actualize this idea of building stages for entrepreneurs of this decade. So that's all I want to plug is, you know, I'm dedicated to helping others acquire leverage. I mean, I think that's pretty evident. Um, thank you so much for um, coming on our podcast and giving us kind of a more deep dive of how this works and how it might help other people. And thank you for your own podcast. That is sort of this inspirational, you can do this too, um, kind of message brought out into the world. Thank you, Camille. It was a pleasure talking with you. And uh, just so everyone knows, we do have an episode of Camille on Codeless coming up in season two. So it's, it's dope. I got to tell you. Watch the episode, guys. That's all I can say. Um, I don't know when that comes out. I'm not sure where this comes out. So depending on timelines, we'll have either a link to that episode here or you'll have an a link to this episode there.
That that is right. Uh, most probably, so Codeless season two is airing uh, by the end of this month. The playlist for the episodes haven't quite been decided, um, but if you want access to it earlier, you probably have to join the orbit. And essentially, it's just a sign up page for members of the community to actually like get the exclusive episodes before the general public. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Um... Not sure if you heard it here first, because again, timelines, no idea when this comes out. Thank you so much for being here. I had a great time. I'm going to let you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you, Camille. Pleasure. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.